Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. For the truth, you can't be taught these things and you end up acting like somebody else. Are you following that? So this is what Paul is saying. So the truth you know, you grow up in that truth. I, I used to say it, and some of you must have had me say, you, you don't come to me to tell me uh, to break generational forces. It's, it's, you, don't, you don't tell me that. Even if you have fire on your head as a minister of God, you have fire burning, and you tell me to go for, to break generational forces. You, you can't move me. With the fire on your head burning, you can't move. Because I know it's error. I am built up in that conviction that the things my father did have no part in my life. And scripture abounds that prove that part. Is that okay? So, and he said, grow up in that. So, I'm not going to have an issue come to me and begin to think, oh, maybe generational causes. It's foolish. What you've known, grow up in that. Be built up in that. Let it be your foundation. This is why all these things we're looking at, you see, they are doctrine. They are not just, the book is not just for exhortation. It's for doctrine, primarily. Is that okay? Alright. So look at the next thing. And then it says, Beware lest any man spoil you. Here we go. Do have another translation? Maybe message translation. Or amplify translation. I want this bag to be emphasized. That be well as any man spoil you through philosophy. Which translation is it amplified? Scripture is that no man carries you off as a spoil. You know what a spoil means? People go to warfare, kill the people and carry their property. That's the spoil. Whatever you come back home from warfare. So let no man carry you off as spoil or make you yourself captive by so called philosophy or intellectualism or things they say. Idle fancies and play nonsense. Following human tradition, men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world. Just good notions following the rudimentary and elementary teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of who? Christ the Messiah. Did you see that? So pastors do this who are not strong in the word of God. And, you know, oh, Okay. Can you give it to me in a method translation? Try it again. You don't have it? Oh, it's right here. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drive you off into idle arguments that never amount to anything. They spread the ideas through the empty tradition of human beings and the empty superstition of spirit beings but that is not the word of Christ. You see what I'm saying? Why do you come and tell you, all right? Now, I'm not saying they can, but when they tell you an angel told them to do something, as a matter of fact, when they teach you that you should go to God through an angel, for instance, as under nonsense. Is that okay? Are you listening to me? Why do you think Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda? 
Why do you think he went there? You see, the pool, remember when he went to the man that was there and the man said, I have no man to throw me into the pool when the angels stirred the water. So angels were responsible for the healing process. Angels come to that place, stir the water, and go in there, you get your healing. Is that okay? Right. So why do you think Jesus went there? And he went to that man and said, why? Do you want to be healed? Oh, I want to be healed, but I have nobody to throw me into the water. Take up your bed and walk. Walk out of this place. What do you think it is? He came to prove to them that the era of angels having authority over the source of God is over. Do you understand that? Because you see, the laws, according to the book of Acts chapter 7, they were given to Moses by angels. Now the Jews believe that angels have authority because they were the one that gave the law to Moses to give to them. You see that? So if somebody comes now to give you, tell you, oh man, you need to worship in Jamaica to get results. You want to win to get bread to get results. That is taking you away. If you come to tell you, Angel Gabriel spoke to me yesterday and asked you to do something that is funny. You don't have to believe all of those nonsense because somebody say an angel told him something. It does not align with Christ. It's an act of fancy. Amen? You follow what I'm saying? So this is what all of this thing Paul is trying to teach. And what is he trying to say? Upholding the headship of who? Of Christ. The position of Christ in your life. How you should relate to Christ. That was his concern. And he was doing it because there were people that were coming to mess up the church in deceiving them to go into some other things. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go down to the next next verse. I don't know. Okay. For him it will have all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Is that okay? Right. You don't need to think about all of that. Now, take this from the Amplified Translation. It's so powerful. Amplified Translation. For him, and then we'll go down to this, the thing as I say. For him, we who? In Christ. For him, the whole fullness of deity. The what? The Godhead. Continues to dwell in bodily form. Giving complete expression of all the divine nature. Look at the next verse. The same. The same. And you are what? In him, in who? In Christ, made full, and have it come to what? Fullness of life. In Christ, you two are what? Sealed with what? The Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And rich full spiritual stature. And in the head of all rule and authority of Angelic principalities and power. What he's trying to say? He's trying to get your mind away from those who are trying to project some supernatural being, some supernatural powers, some some angelic being. You know, he's trying to get your mind back. Tell listen, all of those things we're talking about, forget about it. Christ has the fullness of the Godhead. You too, being in Christ, you have the fullness of what of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are resident in you. You see what he's bringing for? So you, you walk with this consciousness, this authority, this mindset. That's what is trouble. How to keep them steady on this conviction was the issue of a possible. Are you following me? Like your time is over. Can I borrow five minutes more? Okay. Go to the next verse, verse 11. Verse 11. And it says, the woman say you are circumcised with the circumcision made with our hands in putting off the body of the sin of the flesh by circumcision of Christ. You know the what? You know the Jews, 
the Jews have to go through circumcision. Is that okay? Right. But he say in Christ, you go through circumcision. In other words, you don't have to go through circumcision like a Jew to be affected by God. Are you listening? That's what he says. In Christ, you also have put off the circumcision. In other words, you've gotten circumcised, you've gotten baptized, you've gotten reconciled. You don't need any, any natural thing to make you get accepted by God. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. Entering into the fullness is not. No, just continue. Just give me King James. Our time is over, so we can just go on. Just go back to King James again and then. Uh, in whom I say your second time, we've read this. Go to the next thing. Verse 12. And he said, Very with him in baptism, where also you have risen with him through the faith of the oppression of God, who have raised him from the dead. So all you need is what? Faith. All you need is what? Faith. Is that okay? You just need faith. Just to believe. That's all you need. So, don't allow anybody to take you off. Don't allow anybody to teach you something else. Don't allow anybody, you know, move you into thinking of something else completely different. Stay on with Christ. Believe in Christ. Hallelujah. Okay. What's that? Verse 13. Look at verse 13. I'm just running through. This will give you a background to read the rest when you read on your own. And you'll be dead in your sins and your circumcision of your flesh. Had you quickened together with him? Have you forgiven you what? How many what? How many what? All trespasses. So, he forgave you all trespasses like at the first time. What about the trespasses of your forefathers? See that? You see what I'm saying? If he forgave you all trespasses, you can bring sons of Adam, bring the one of your great-grandfather, bring the one of your father who was worshipping Oloku, whatever. All of those things. I forgave you in Christ. Why are you thinking you have to do some sacrifices to believe God? And he was saying all of these things because of the Jews who were, you know what the Jews used to do? They have to bring an animal for sacrifice and their sins are forgiven and they do that every year. Is that okay? Right. So, that is why John referred to Jesus as the Lamb of God. What it means is you, the Jews, you only have your own Lamb which you bring every year. But God has his own Lamb. And the Lamb he brought is spotless not in no state, accept the Lamb of God and forget your own. That's why it's called the Lamb of God. Is that okay? Alright. Can we still continue? Let's continue. Look at this. Blocking out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way. Can we take it from either message translation or amplified? Ordinance of handwriting, talking about the laws. The laws. Is that okay? Right. The slave white clean. God owed arrest, warrant, counsel, and made to the cross and the Christ of cross. Is that okay? Listen to it. All of the things about you. Go back a little bit. Go to verse 13 in message translation. Let's read it so I can get clear meaning. Verse 13. Colossians 2, 13. And you were dead in your transfer. I'm saying message translation. Keep it in message translation there. When you were stuck in your old thing, dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive, right along with Christ. Think it. All things forgiven. Go to the next thing. Verse 14 now. The slate, white clean, that order, rest, war, and counsel, 
and make of Christ cross. Did you get that? The old warranty is, you see, you die. Everything that was given, you understand that? All of those things were trapping you and holding you. Now, if somebody begins to bring another doctrine today that makes you have to keep certain rules or do certain things before you please God, he's saying the same thing that you need to go back to what the Jews were doing. But the Bible is saying all of those things have been wiped clean. Praise God. You see that? He stripped all the spiritual tyrants of the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. Glory to God. You see, he marched them naked through the street. As they conquer, he conquer like you conquer an enemy, begin to drag him along yourself. Everybody see who got the victory. That's what he said. So all the tyrants, that's to say, all demons of powers, they were pursuing you, your great God, spirit, whatever it is. All of them is destroyed on the cross. And made you free. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. You know, I used to say it one time, Somebody came to me and he said, we should go to the village. I said, what's from the village? You used to see somebody in the street. Let's go to your village. Have you seen stuff like that? Let's go to your village. I want to see uh, one pulse on that one tree and what? No. I can't be in the township and I've been going to the village. I don't need to go. Why do I need to go to my village? If I want to go, I go. Not because I'm going there because there is anything there. No. And it will come to tell you, oh, there's one tree, your father's compound, another tree, there's one pot. Okay, the pot is there and the tree has grown on top of the pot, so what power has the pot anymore? Hallelujah. I don't have any problem with that. Amen. So, that's the kind of thing they come to tell you. Those are not the messages. That's what it says. Hold on to Christ. Don't believe in all those kind of teachings. You think will lead you to begin to do some traditional things and then at the end of the day. I remember when I was Laying the foundation of my house with my dad when he was still alive. And he was somebody that appeared to me in a, in a dream. But like a trance, not even a dream, because I was seeing a figure. And he told me, You want to build a house? Don't you know in this family, they don't build block houses? And my, my uncle lived in a mud house. My dad was in a mud house. Then I was trying to build a block house. And he first came to me, Don't you know? That you don't build a block house in this, in this family? I said, what do you mean? He said, but I'm going to be one. He said, try, let's see. I woke up the next day and then straight to the village. I got money and some holding blocks. When the blocks were ready, I went there. Did the foundation. And I went to my uncle and said, oh, baby, don't you think we need to, where is the drink? Where is the, maybe like fowl or goat? I said, none of the above. None of the above. He said, but you need to you know, the common belief is to slaughter an animal, for some blood, you know, for some drink. I said, none of the above. Lay the foundation. I was standing there to build the house and it leads to the house until they went to work. You don't have to believe all those man. Even if something comes to talk to you, Christ is supreme. Is that okay? We hear voices. Hearing voices does not mean you have to lose your faith and begin to be trampled and toss to and fro because you had a voice in the dream or whatever. What's my business? If it does not allow a Christ, forget it. I'll leave it there. Even if I see a big angel come to talk to me, and it does not allow with the Spirit of Christ, I'm not a kid. Is that okay? That's what Paul is struggling to do to these people. And he's telling them how much power Christ has exercised in destroying all those powers. Hallelujah. Can we see move on? Okay, next 16. 
So don't put up with anyone pressuring you in details of diet, worship, service, or holy day. That's the thing. It's dealing with the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. You know, they have to keep holidays, Sabbath, is that okay? Right? They don't eat certain animals, certain fish. I'm not kidding about that. All the laws of Leviticus. They don't let anybody trouble about those things. Christ has defeated all of those things. You don't need to. You are free. Amen. Yeah, I, I used to tell the story. You know, in my family, when I grow up, you don't eat right. So, let's move on here. So, I mean, wash your days and all that. Let, let me even use that one. Do you think God answered prayer more on Sunday than he answered on Saturday? I don't know why you're thinking now. The reason we worship on Sunday is because the government has approved that as a holiday season. Weekend is free for all water. And then everybody is free. You are not going to work, so you can worship on Sunday. It's not that this Sunday is better than Monday. No. Now people begin to find it and say, oh, uh, you have to be Sabbath, Sunday has to be Sunday. And they say, the Sunday is the day of the Lord. Who told you? Do you understand the day of the Lord? I don't want to talk about that. Hallelujah. When I went to Dubai, who was on a Friday? A Friday with a public holiday? As Muslim community, it's Friday that is free. And that's our Sunday. Sunday people go to work in Dubai. So, what are we talking about? Are you saying God is angry with the Christians who are worshiping on Friday then? No. It's just a day you choose which is convenient for you to come together. Praise the Lord. So, give my scripture. That's wrong. Alright. What? Let's go to the next one. Okay, all these things are what? No, go back again to verse 17. All these things are mere what shadows come before what was to come. The substance is who? Is Christ. That's all those they don't worship. Remember, if you remember, we want to talk about Sabbath. In Matthew 11 and the last verse, what did the Bible tell you there? Come unto me. Ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What is rest? Sabbath. So he is the real Sabbath. Because you see, in Genesis 2, when you talk about God rested on the Sabbath day, what people don't understand is this. Trust me now. What they don't understand is this. In that Genesis 2, when God rested on the seventh day, there is no morning and evening. If you look at and the fourth day was the morning and the evening. The second day was the morning and the evening. The third day was the morning and the evening. But when it comes to the seventh day, no morning and evening. It's an eternal day. Is that okay? So it's not your weekend. Because your weekend has morning and evening. But the day God rests, it's an eternal day. And that is Christ himself. I will give you rest. <laughs> Are you there with me? Alright, verse 18. Look at it. All the things I mean shadows we read before come before what was to come, the short time is who? Christ. Eighteen. Verse eighteen. Don't tolerate people who try to run your life. Ordering you to bow and scrap, insisting that you join their obsession with angels and that you seek out visions. There are a lot of hot air. That's all they are. Oh my god. Can you see this? The bunch of hotel people, they have no substance. Now, we'll, you know, I want you to look at it. 
Now, you begin to see what Paul was fighting against. Is that okay? Look at it. Don't tolerate people who try to run your life. Only Christ can truly run your life. Ordering you to bow and strap, insisting that you join the obsession with angels and that you seek out visions, that a lot of hot air I prove You see, you watch what goes on today. You see people running to prophets and all of this thing. This what it is right. Is that okay? I always always prophesying over your head and all that. What do you want? And I always want to see vision for you. Must they see vision for you every day? Okay, why can't you see vision yourself? Some of you do you even dream? I don't think about it. You don't even understand that dream itself is the way that God communicates to his people. After chapter 17 and 18, upon my speech upon all flesh, the vision, the old child dream, dream. Do you dream? When Joseph had a dream of his life that was going to go to Egypt, nobody told him, he knew he was going to be in charge because he had a dream. Do you even know the meaning of the dreams you have? If you are truly a good dreamer, you can take to dream. You don't need any man. You prophesy over your head all the time. I prophesy too. I do all of those things, but that is not what God calls us to do. He's called us to build you up. That's why I do what I do once in a month. Because some of you don't have enough faith to live out the life that God really has ordained for you. You don't have it. So we help you. But I don't have to do that every day. Are you there with me? Come on, are we together? So you see what he's saying here? Obsession of think of visions. Every time I want to see vision for you. No. That is not how to walk in Christ. Praise the Lord. Remember he told us before we need to be built up in the knowledge that we have received. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. I just finished a series on visions and revelation. I don't know how many of you have that. But I remember I gave illustration. When somebody gave me a prophecy that I was going to be traveling to the, to the nations to preach, and I just repented six months. And the person saw me and he said, Oh man, I saw you preaching, you're going to preach out of this country. And somebody came in not up to three months after that and was leading me into traveling out of this country. Far back then, 1988. And then I said, I went to the man and I said, you said this thing. Look at what this man is telling me. Oh, this is what the God, this is how God is going to fulfill it. I went back home and I said, God, listen to me. If that man is your son, I'm also your son. If you can talk to him, you can talk to me. If you don't tell me what's your mind in this matter, I'm not going to stop fasting. I went into fasting 14 days, no food. On the 14th day, God sat me up at about 9 p.m. in the evening. I sat on my bed and I was communicating with God. He was giving me scriptures and the joy was flowing. The whole room was ablaze with light. In the village, I remember. Number two, that's where I was. The whole thing is about 4 a.m. I was sick. I never knew time has even gone that far. No sleep. But the joy, the communication, he would just give me scriptures I will read and I will argue, no Lord, 
You give me another one. I'll say, no, Lord, give me another one. Just like that. So at 4 a.m. and I said, what do you want me to do? Give me an instruction. And I did that. And I was free. Now, the man said I was going to travel into the nations. He's correct. But what was the time and what was the method? Did you get that? I will have done what is contrary to the mind of God. The first thing he told me, he said, if any man is in Christ, they have the spirit of Christ. But he that have done the spirit of Christ is none of this. Look up Romans chapter 8. That's the first word he gave to me. That means what the man was asking me. Don't forget, he was a prophet. But what he was asking me to do was not the spirit of Christ. And he said, that thing you want to do is none of my spirit. So therefore you don't belong to me. The action doesn't belong to me. 1988. But I started traveling the nation in 2005. Look at the gap. If God says they didn't bring it to pass, but how is he going to bring this into pass? Are you with me? Let's move on. So, they are completely out of touch with the source of life. With the source of life? Christ. Who pulled us together in one place? Whose very breath and blood flow through us? Oh, I like this. He is the head and we are the body. We can grow up healthy in God only as we what? Not Jesus. See that? You can grow up healthy in God only as He nourishes you. Not in all of the... I, I, I believe in vision. I see vision of people. Yes, but... I, I don't make you to be seeking vision all the time. That is not to be in Christ. If you have to be seeking vision, you should see from yourself. And not me giving them to you. Are you listening to me? Sometimes somebody comes to me and says, I had a dream. And I say, what is it? He said, I don't know the meaning. I say, so, you're turning me to Daniel. Um, and Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He forgot the dream. He told Daniel to not only interpret the dream, but to tell me the dream. That's what you're trying to do. But yeah, you have the spirit of Christ, and I have the spirit of Christ. You should be able to interpret your dream. When you interpret and you are not accurate, I can help you out. That's why I have to do a whole series on interpretation of dreams. Is that okay? Because, like I used to tell them, if I am out of this country and you had a dream, who is going to interpret it for you? If you always depend on me to interpret your dream. That means I'm not making you grow. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. Whatever thing I do, is to ensure that you grow in the Christ. So, I don't want to make you look like a baby. That all the time you are such a child that have to be nursed. No. That's not to be a Christian. Praise the Lord. Alright. So, the next thing. So then, if with Christ, you put all that pretentious and infantile religion behind you, why do you let yourself be bullied, bullied by it? Infantile religion. They're talking about religion of the Jews now. Don't eat this. Don't worship on this day. Don't drink this. Don't do that. Good. Alright. Verse 21. Don't touch this. Don't taste that. Don't get near this. All these are infantile religion of infants. That's what he said. Is that okay? So he's dealing with the Jews. I mean, there were people who were trying to introduce all these things that they were doing before in the Colossian church. Are you getting the meaning now? This is what the book of Colossians is all about. It was redeeming people, saving people from 
the corruption of religion that started before. Syncretism, the mix-up of traditions, mechanism, Judaism, Christian philosophy, everything was coming to That's syncretism. All right. Go to verse 22. Do you think these things are here today and gone tomorrow? Are what a kind of attention that is to say? They are not permanent. The religion of the Jews is not permanent religion. Is that okay? Right. I was telling somebody, there's something people need to know. For instance, when they talk about tithing, you know, they said, it's, a, it's, 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 it's something for the Jews. And, uh, Moses gave it as a law to the Jews. But Abraham was not a Jew. Abraham was a Hebrew. The Jews are from the tribe of Judah. That's what they call them Jews. And their religion is Judaism. Abraham did not practice Judaism. Judah was a grand tribe of Abraham. So Abraham was not a Jew. Abraham was a Hebrew. So Abraham paid as a Hebrew ever before it was given to the Jews. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. The argument is not right because I feel they don't study. That's why they just argue partly like that. So, know it today that Abraham was not what? A Jew, but what? A Hebrew. Okay. Look at the next thing. Verse 23. Something sound impressive is said in a deep enough voice. Oh, you understand that? They even give the illusion of being pious and humble and ascetic. But they are just another way of showing up, making yourself look important. I want you to look at that. Some people want to make some properties the way they sound. You understand that? Good. You change the voice you know, so that we, like this is from heaven. Uh, you understand it? That's all this nonsense. <laughs> That's what he's saying here. Look at it here. So things sound impressive is said in a deep enough voice. Did you get that? They even give the illusion of being pious and humble and ascetic, but they are just another way of showing off. Making yourself look what's important. They want to make you feel important. We pastors are your servants. We are not more important than you. Uh, at the last teaching I was I was sharing on new creation. When God called Israel my son, in Exodus chapter four, that was son is the highest title that any human being can have. As compared to pastor, prophet, evangelist or whatever. God say you are my son. Then how are you struggling with being a pastor or being a prophet? Sonship is higher than the fivefold ministry. Are you getting that? So all of you sitting here, this is why I keep on emphasizing it until you become and begin to realize who you are. As sons of God, you have not started. Being a true worshiper. God spoke to Israel and to Pharaoh. Let my people go that in my worship. And these are my firstborn from among nations. Those he called himself. Now he has called it to himself. You are his son. You know the privilege of being a son? That's the highest title anybody can bear. Higher than any of those offices. If you call the Reverend Dr. Bishop and what? Highest is son. 
That's why I talk about being a strong is the highest thing. And being a strong, you are a joint heir with who? With Christ. You see? Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. So if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue things. Oh my God. With Christ precise. Do you understand that? Don't let your affection be on the mundane things. Pursue the things where Christ himself is sitting on the right hand of God. That's where it's in the kingdoms. Is that okay? That's a place of power, place of authority. Seek those things. Pursue the things. Become more acquainted with Christ. That's what matters. If you have really been reasoned, if you are serious about this living this your life, which is your Christian life, with Christ, act like it, pursue it. Those things where Christ seated at the end of the world. That's your assignment. How do you get deeper in God? How do you come deeper in Christ? That's the one we want you to know. Are you there with me? Praise the living God. So that you are not messed up, you are not tossed around through. I, I, I like an experience that happened one time. The man, he was at the airport. And uh, he was in the Bible. And one man just walked in the, the VRT section and said, What are you reading this book for? Here's an old book. What, is, what, do you, what are you doing with this kind of book and this kind of place? And the man just dropped the book. And started telling about his life, about his children, about his wife, about his business. And the man said, who told you about me? You see this book? <laughs> you see what I mean? I used to call that prophetic evangelism. You see, that is where I love evangelism. I mean, prophecy to really important in this street. When you meet people in your workplace, and you can show them things that they don't know, they will say, show me your faith. Is that okay? And I'm saying you have that privilege. As a son of God, you can hear your father. Is that alright? You can hear your father. Don't allow your life to be 24 hours. 24-7. Don't allow it to be wasted that you don't have communion with your father. Is that possible? Hmm? I was sharing with him. Not even told him. You know, there's something I'm going to ask you to start these things. And how am I, what I wanted to do before was to teach them numbers. Remember I mentioned that? I wanted to start teaching numbers in the church. But they denied. Some people came to me and they were asking me questions. And the first question they asked me was the New Jerusalem. And I began to teach what New Jerusalem means. Is it going to be Palestine? One day, Jesus is going to be staying up there one day. I start teaching New Jerusalem. I taught for such a long time. I just woke up at about 4 a.m. I have to go into prayer. To about 6. I realized that's what I was developing. The next series we are going to start dealing with this New Jerusalem. God just guide me. This is what I want you to teach. That's how to be a child of God. You must hear from your father. In dreams and vision and revelation. God has to direct you. God has to guide you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Go down to the next thing. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection, your desire, your goals. Praise God. If you truly 
In other words, from chapter 1 and 2, it gave us the responsibility of Christ, what he did. Chapter 3 is giving you your responsibility as a believer. Did you get that? Yeah. Chapter 1 and 2, we saw he died, he's the head of all principles of power through his blood. He brought you back to God, you are not sons of God. Now when it comes to chapter 3, it's not giving you your own duty. You have performed your duty, you need to perform your duty. What is your duty? Set your affection on things above, not the things of the earth. Praise God. Alright, next thing that he says. Okay, for you are dead and your life is due to Christ in who? In God. Okay. And then verse 4. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you appear with him what? In glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see that now? He's giving you a responsibility. When you seek him. Now, how many of you have read Matthew chapter 17? What would you might call the transfiguration of Jesus Christ? That is what he describes. The Christ, which is the true son that was in Jesus, showed up on the matter of transfiguration. That's why Hallelujah. It comes to a place when at the end of the day, the Bible says, when he shall come, then he shall we appear with him what? In glory. Because he resides within us. He resides within us. Go to verse 5. Hallelujah. Verse 5. Mortify therefore, you remember, can we take this from the message translation? That may help us. And that means killing us, everything connected with our way of death. Sexual, promiscuity, impurity, loss, do whatever you feel like, when you feel like it. And grabbing whatever attracts your attention or your fancy. That is the life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. Now it's giving your responsibility. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Alright. Go to the next verse. That's number 6. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. Now, when he was saying this, he was kind of warning the Colossian church. Is that okay? To know how to be, not to get all angry. Praise the Lord. Alright, go to verse 7. Verse 7. Hallelujah. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. So, you're doing that because you don't know any better, but now you know better, so you can do that. You get that? Alright. Verse number 8. But you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Get it out of your life. The whole of chapter 3 is giving you your responsibility as a Christian. Are you, are you following it now? After chapter 1 and 2, Discord the position of Christ, what he did is responsibility towards you. Now he's giving you your responsibility as a believer. You see that? Now look at those ones. Now you know that our soul, make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper. Getting angry or necessarily. Every little thing provoking you. That is not right. Use words that are not worth hearing. You know, some people will tell you, if I open my mouth for you, you will die. 
you, you understand what I'm saying? Because they have a way of, I mean, they hit your spirit. And you really want to go and commit suicide. He said, God, things are not supposed to be part of your life as a believer. Unnecessarily irritable. You don't take it for nothing. The little thing your wife said, your head is boiling, your husband, okay, make you, I mean, you want to cut everything, bring everything down, break all the television, because you're angry. Hmm? That is how to be a Christian. Praise God. Are you following that? Okay. Meanness. You know what it means to be mean? Check out this. Some of you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Go to the next verse. Don't lie to one another. You are done with that old life. Hallelujah. It's like a fitting set of ill-fitting clothes. You strip off and put in the fire. Don't lie to one another. Be truthful. Praise the Lord. It's a tough thing. I like fitting clothes. That's the clothes you done away with. them want to put them and burn them away. You can't put them on anymore. You can't clothe yourself with them anymore. So they're dirty. That's what it means to be a liar. When you lie in another way, you don't say the truth. Praise the living God. That's number 10. Now, you are dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made. Hallelujah. By the Creator. With His level on it. All the old fashions are now what? Obsolete. You have a new wardrobe. Custom made. God's label on it. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. Which is verse 11. Words like Jewish and not Jewish, religious and irreligious, inside and outside, uncivilized and uncalled, slave and free, mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. Hallelujah. I mean, I, I want you to see the mind of Paul when he was writing this. You understand that? So, it's not like when some Jewish people come to tell you, man, you don't have to worship God that way. This way you worship God and then you recognize, oh, you don't worship God that way. This is the way you go. No, 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 no. We are the only ones that have Christ. Other people don't. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. So he was trying to make sure they are not deceived, messed up, by all the kind of teachings that are going on, some people show you they are more superior than you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. So, children by God for this new life of love, I like that. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. What are the wardrobe? Compassion. What's the next thing? Kindness. What's the next thing? Humility. What's the next thing? Quiet strength. And again, what? Discipline. That's the new word. That's how you want you to live. Are you disciplined? Oh, think about it. You've been wondering, what do you really mean? Now, do you eat when you're not hungry? <laughs> but I'm saying there are some of us who like to chew when hungry. <laughs> are you there with me? Okay, let me put it this way. Sometimes, you begin to see that when you are starving your child, let me just put it this way. Let's be honest with ourselves. When you are starving your children food, what do you do? 
you give them a very small piece of meat. And you take a bigger one. Am I correct? No, no, let's be honest. Am I correct? Now you tell me what are your discipline. Who needs protein more? Are you still growing? And so why do you take the bigger one like this smaller one to your children? Cannot discipline. That's all I'm talking about. You don't understand this thing. This thing is so practical. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Why you are having food you are eating? Heavy meat on this on your plate. And your children just give them one. So my little go to the father say, I don't say this, I say, you don't eat egg. Any child that eat egg with teeth. Have you heard that before? That's a lie that our father used to tell us. We're not disciplined, we just want to eat more. And yet we don't need protein to grow. Protein never grow. It's the children that need protein to grow. Now you're eating heavy meat and you're giving a small one. You see how indisciplined you are. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? Get all of this thing. Compassion. Do you have compassion of people? That's your responsibility as a believer. That's your new world. That's your new state. That's where God has brought you into. Huh? I used to say it. I'm not missing one that would. We have people whose wardrobe clothes they are pouring and in fact, they can't count, they can no longer use them. So they are there. But we have any church, sister, we don't have anything to put on. No compassion. And you say you're a believer. You only come in to show up. Every weekend a new dress. And your sister is changing one every week. The same dress. For me, by the wood day we wash it. Make sure it dry before Sunday. Are you still there with me? That's not a new wardrobe that they want you to put on you. They want you to put on a new wardrobe. What's the wardrobe? Compassion, kindness, humility, fire, strength, and discipline. Hallelujah. A lot of people look at our sisters. Sometimes you, 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 you don't even know what it means to be disciplined. You are going to the market, you bought a vehicle, everybody in the car, they are talking, and your mouth is like firewood. No stop, no control. You don't know you're messing up your husband. They don't know how to who is this person's husband? This man is trying to. I don't think I get what I'm talking about. Lack of discipline. You don't control your mouth. Huh? No discipline. Even at home, let's put a boss now. Oh. It is your voice at the veranda, that's where you go to. You won't talk in the house, you go to the veranda. You open the door and go to the veranda. <laughs> I'm just expressing myself. I'm just, I know today I will, I will express my mind all this day. You don't know what you're doing. You're fooling yourself. You're like this. Is that okay? Praise the living God. Okay, let's move on. Verse 13. But evil tempered. Look at it. Be evil what? Tempered. Contact with second place. Some of you, this is the problem. How many of us will want to be or have the second place? Everybody wants to be a leader. Everybody wants to be at the top. Everybody wants to be in charge. Huh. I remember one guy went to the court one time. He had a case uh, with a wife. He tied soup for the boss. And they went to court talking. And then uh, one of the lawyers who was trying to defend them, make some appeal and say, well, uh, the Lordship side, we know that every home, the women are the one controlling. The chief judge said, uh, excuse me, 
Any woman that must uncle in my house should be ready to pay the dues. That's not the matter. If you think you must be in charge, then be in charge. If you must be in control, then be in control. Pay the bills, pay the rent, so that we know that you are the head. Are you there with me? That's not something. So what I'm trying to say, are you ready to take your second place? The thing is this, we don't want to maintain where God has ordained for each and every one of us. I used to preach in marriage section for counseling most times. If you stay where God asks you to stay as a wife or a man, there would never be a problem in the house. The Bible simply says, Husband, love your wife. Wife, do what? Submit to your husband. Period. I don't see how a man whose wife is in submission, the man will get up and insult the wife. Unless he's mad. So what brings problems to us is we are not staying where we are supposed to stay. Nobody wants to take the second place. Are you there with me? But that's how God wants it. The content with that. I'm going to give you the scripture again. The content what God has given to you, the position he has given to you. And people don't even get this. How did Joshua, they the one to lead the people into the promises. He maintained the second place to Moses. You don't know the privileges that come by you maintaining your position in second place. The contact with that, quick to forgive and offend. Can I hear an amen? Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. I spoke to his brother. He was speaking to me what the father did to him and he was so angry. And he made a statement and said, I don't know how I'm going to forgive this man. I said, you are placing yourself under a cross. Not because your father. But listen to me. This is what you do. When you say that which is called the lost prayer. Our Father, go down to heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom of Christ. We go down the place of forgive us our transfers. As forgive those that do what? Transfers the transfers. That means the volume of forgiveness you give to people, that's how God gives to you. So you, when you don't forgive people, don't expect God to forgive you. That's what you don't do. You don't forgive people, but you are going to God, God, you, you know, I'm, I'm a sin. God forgive me. God asks you, what about your brother that you offended? I mean, that offended you. Have you forgiven him? I spoke to somebody in South Africa recently. He was saying, what this man did. That's what the Bible. That's why we are different people. Because we are placing a kingdom upside down. You listen to this. The Bible says, if you want to pray, and you discover that you are against your brother, or your brother is angry with you, know that he, off- you are, he offended you. But you know he's angry with you. Though he offended you, leave your sacrifices on the altar. Say go and make a man before you come back. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of life. You should expect, when you are waiting for the person to come and say, I'm sorry, you're wasting your time. God is expecting you to go to the man that has offended you. How did that happen? Man offended God. God came down to man. That's right. So it's a practice the same thing that I've done, if you are my son. Did you get that? Alright. So, okay, go on now, verse 13, to the closing song. Because of what else you put on, where was love? 
is your basic all purpose garment never be without all purpose basic garment all purpose regardless of what you are wearing love is the key I must love you have you show love to your brethren in the faith to your husband to your wife I want you to follow this. Move and look at verse 15. Let's see what we'll do now. And he said, Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other. Can I hear an amen? In step with each other, none of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate what? Transfulness. The bonded together. Let the peace of God find you together. Don't run on different tangents. No. As the local assembly, they bonded together in love. That's the key. Even if others don't have it, you should have it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, verse 17. We've got about 10 minutes more. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Hallelujah. Give it plenty of room in your life. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing, sing your heart out to God. Amen. I like that. Sing your heart out to God. Oh man. As you show love. As you say, give plenty of room. Thanks by every means, every situation, every circumstance. Let love be child. Let it be. Then sing out your life unto God. Be happy all the time. Praise God. Okay, verse 17. Now, don't forget, the whole of chapter 3 is responsibility of believers. Did you get that? Then chapter 1 and 2 is responsibility and the work of Christ. You gotta get it. Alright. Let every detail in your life, words, action, whatever be done, in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father, every step of the way, praise the Lord. Every detail of your life, every detail of your life. That is to say, whatever thing you do, let Christ be center. Is that okay? Praise God. Amen. Verse 18. And he said, Wives, understand and support your husband by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. Glory to God. <laughs> All women should write this down. Copy it like the way it is on the ball. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at this. Wives, understand. That's the key thing. Do you really understand your husband? Understand and support your husband. Understand and support your husband. So funny thing. How wicked he was. But Jesus was a good wife. He said, what do you mean, David? Listen. Here is a man that saw the countenance of the husband and found that there is something wrong with the man. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And he simply asked the man the question, what's the problem? Your countenance has fallen. You are not happy. How many women can ask their husband that question? That is what we're talking about. Hallelujah. And man has said, oh, is that the only reason why you're not happy? So everything Jezebel did was to make the husband happy, though in the wrong way. God says the motive. <laughs> Are you following what I'm talking about? 
The motive was right. He doesn't want the man to decide. Can you look at your husband's face and say, man, honey, what is wrong? Or look at your wife's face and say, why is the man in falling? Can you do that? That is what Paul is telling us in this book. Are you there with me? Okay. Why understand and support your husband by committing to them in ways that honor the master. So it's a way that your submission to Christ honor Christ. Because the way you behave towards your husband, you dishonor Christ. You see that? I wish we have one for the men too. Go down, let's see. Husbands, are we together now? Go all out in love for your wife. Don't take advantage of them. Write it down, every husband here. <laughs> are you following me? Husbands, very loud. And you see that? Go all out in love. For who? For your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Don't do that. No, it's just my wife. Eh? You talk with nobody. You sit down. Tell my wife. No. No. Both of you are one in Christ. You must understand that. Hallelujah. Okay. The next thing, the 20. Time is almost done. Children, you responsibility now. Do what your parents tell you. Are you an enemy? Give the lie the master no end. Do what your parents ask you to do. Praise the Lord. But again, it should be in the Lord. Do what your parents ask you to do in the Lord. I'm the one out in that anyway. But say what your parents ask you to do. Huh? You see, I was speaking to these guys, and we often talk about the finished word of Christ, right? And we said, we are free from the law of Moses. We don't have anything, though. Okay, fine, fine. Ephesians 6, what did Paul say? Children, obey your parents, your father and your mother, that they might be well with you, and that your days might be what? Long on the earth. Who gave that law? Moses. So why are you telling me the law of Moses is finished? No. What Jesus finished on the cross were the sacrificial laws. But when it comes to obeying parents, you are not excluded because you are not under the law of Moses. It's a lie. They are not balancing that teaching of grace. Jesus, is, Jesus obedience is not take your obedience. He died for your sin. He took your sins, but he did not take away your obedience. You can't claim his obedience for your obedience. It's a lie. Did you understand this? Good. So we have wives, we have husbands, we have what? Children. He's giving instruction to everybody. What's the next thing? Now, now, get this right. God has to help you if you are a father. But not here, but I'm just using it for illustration. If you are a drunkard, and then, because the Bible says, Children obey your father, and then you call them child, go and buy me drink. And the child says, no, I'm not going to buy a call to you. You are disobeying me. That's not what the Bible says. It's a lie. Is that okay? That's why I say in the Lord. Okay. Go to the next. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children, or you will cross their spirits. You make them discouraged in life. Who every little thing have been knocked on their head. Every little thing. That's how to raise a child. 
Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So that your words are so creative, they can direct and mold the life of the child. More than the heavy weapons you are using on them most times. Sometimes you hear the child so much, you just say, please, that the beating no longer does anything. Nothing. You beat it, say, keep on beating. And your flogging will do nothing to them. Nothing. Is that okay? That's why you pray and they talk. You speak wisdom. Just make some simple statements to them. And listen. This life you are living, this way will lead you to. You live this life, it will lead you this way. Just give them counsel. And then pray. Is that okay? Alright. We're almost done now. I've covered a lot of ground. Okay. Go to the next thing and then. Servants, do what you are told by your earthly masters. And so just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. So, let's see. It's taking from, from wives to husbands to children to parents to slaves. Everybody. Hallelujah. We got the next thing. And then, uh, work from the heart for your real master for God. In other words, whatever thing you're doing, that's why even assuming that this is by assembly. You're cleaning, you do, do it from your heart. Your reward is not from the pastor, it's not going to come from anybody else. Is that okay? Your reward is going to come from who? From God. Do whatever thing you're doing. You're cleaning, you're sweeping, do it from the heart. Your reward is for the master. Alright. Is it finished? Okay. Confident that you will get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you are serving is to Christ. Just know that. The ultimate person you are serving is Christ. You are not serving man, you are not serving the pastor, you are not serving anybody. You are serving Christ. Praise the Lord. Okay. Just move on quick and then we should be done. The stolen servant who does shady work will be held responsible. Being Christian doesn't cover up bad work. I like that. Being a Christian doesn't cover up bad work. That also means being a Christian doesn't admit laziness. Is that okay? Do the job. Okay. Move on now. But is this finished? Huh? Hallelujah. So, I just want you to pick it from there. You go back and read chapter 3, that's your main responsibility. And then chapter 1 and 2, where I say, the responsibility of Christ, what he has done, and what he wants you to believe in. What Paul is trying to tell you, what he wants you to believe in. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.